You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, smart down, and it's called for another foul. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Sam and I are here recording on Friday, July 16th, and we are joined by longtime friend of the podcast, Celtics blog writer, Celtics pod host, Adam Taylor. Uh, how you doing today, Adam? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, always a pleasure to jump back on with you guys, man. You guys are killing it right now, so uh, great to see you guys uh, making moves and taking them steps forward. Uh, happy to be back, man. The Patriarch of always. You oh, yeah. together, as we say every <laughs> Always single time we talk. Always a pleasure. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just going to jump right into it. It's been a minute since we've gotten the chance to talk to you. So I'd love your opinion on the Celtics' new coaching changes. Emu Yudoka, obviously the main one, new head coach of the Boston Celtics. But even on top of that, we have Damon Stoudemire, Aaron Miles, and I believe Will Hardy also got a job with the Celtics, or at least that's rumored. So uh, just love your thoughts on the new changes to the Celtics coaching staff this offseason. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm stoked. I think that um, from a coaching perspective, we're looking at Udoka is going to be a guy that's going to definitely be able to relate to these guys more, having had an NBA career, having spent some time um, around superstars as a coach, as well as an assistant coach in multiple different spots. I think for me, that's what made him such an attractive coach. It, like People are looking at, um, Sam, I like Sam Cassell too, but people are looking at Sam Cassell, at Chauncey Billups. Both of those guys have only been at one team. They haven't had to move team and then reintegrate themselves into a whole new coaching structure. And I think that is a, a very undervalued aspect of adaptability where Udoka has done that multiple times. So being able to come in and now implement a coaching structure and ask new coaches to adapt to his methods while he's going to be able to understand their issues and the TV issues from a coaching perspective, because he's been on that side of things as well. Um, Making it, you know, if we look at it from like an X's and O's standpoint, I love what Greg Popovich said, where like X's and O's are easy. Uh, all coaches uh, know their X's and O's. Obviously, some are more talented than others. But as a as a, um, a connector, as a personal relationship builder, Udoka kind of comes in like a cut above the rest in that res- that regard. And then obviously giving um, a person of color that was more than qualified for the job a role with the, within the organization and a role, a chance to lead this team. Uh, I think that made a huge impact as well, especially on guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, but also on the, the community of Boston and fans around the world. And then you see more people of color be hired like, um, you know, Aaron Miles, who I'm super high on. Um, he's been working with Jordan Paul, who was a late round pick. Paul's ended up becoming quite um a consistent rotation piece in the league. And then Damon Stoudemire as well, who also comes in with NBA experience. It's a more diverse, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, dude, where more, uh, you know, representative coaching staff now with the fan base and the players. And I think that um, the fact that we've gone from having a coaching staff where there was zero NBA experience from playing to having a coaching staff where now there's quite a lot of NBA experience up and down that coaching bent that that bench, uh, I'm super happy with that. I think that's a great pickup. It's hit multiple check boxes in terms of 
player ability, relatability, coaching ability, experience, uh, everything that you would want from coaching changes from A to B have all been checked for me, man. I'm super happy with all of these pickups. Yeah, see, it's nice to hear some perspective on these new guys, especially without having uh, head coaching experience. Of course, when Yudoka gets hired, everybody's excited. You know, they say he was the best choice. You're giving us good reason for that. I mean, always when a new coach is hired that hasn't had experience, is always positive. But there is real, tangible evidence that we're going to see good things. Uh, another thing is that he was with Team USA with all the guys Two years ago, they were very pleased with him being hired. I'm happy the players are happy. It'll probably um, re- result in good results for the team. For sure. I mean, I'm super happy with all the changes. I like Damon Stoudemire. I like uh, Aaron Miles. I, I did my research on I think he'll be great for player development, uh, especially with the young pieces Celtics have on the roster. Obviously, Ime Utoka. Uh, is a hit. Has Will Hardy gotten hired yet? I know that was a rumor for a while. I, I swear I saw something that he officially joined the staff, but I'm not, the world I'm, not... I'm living in. I'm seeing him as a piece of the coaching staff until right. I'm told otherwise. Um, I, 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 just, I haven't seen anything um, confirming either. Okay, okay. I, I thought I saw Jay King or the Athletic tweet something out, but regardless, that'd be another great addition to immediately the staff. So uh, it's all coming together pretty well in, in my eyes. So I'm looking forward to seeing that come to fruition next season and you mentioned team usa sam that's something else i wanted to bring up because uh, they're dropping like flies I, I mean kevin loves now pulling out to deal with the calf injury obviously jeremy grant could be uh out bradley beal has to drop out because of health and safety protocols jason tatum uh got injured and he didn't play against argentina are you concerned at all adam that tatum should leave team usa and just you know prepare for next season or do you think it'll be fine and this is just you know a slew of fluke injuries yeah, I mean, it was a sore knee, dude. Like, that's going to happen, right? You, you've you been playing nonstop basketball for the best part of two years now. Haven't had a break since the World Cup. Um, so a sore, knee soreness is fine. I do think that if Tatum was there specifically because he wanted to play in the tournament alongside Bradley Beal, and now that option's been taken away, if he's having second thoughts about being there, then bow out, you know, Just keep yourself safe. Um Tokyo itself at the moment just isn't looking like a safe place in the world with COVID. Um, so, you know, with Tatum, we saw how much it affected him the first time. You wouldn't want him to have to get it again and lose an off-season of fitness training and strength building and what have you. But on the other hand, there's a lot to gain from um, a player development perspective by going over to the Olympics, playing under Udoka, learning Udoka's ways and being able to build that relationship and rapport with him while away in Tokyo. And as well, don't forget that the last time Tatum played in a tournament under Greg Popovich was when he had a breakout season the following year and his game kind of changed a little bit. So being able to get some ideas from Pop and being able to build that rapport with Udoka and of course the opportunity to win a gold medal for Team USA, I think that he will want to stay. And that's his decision. He knows his body better than any of us will. Um, if he feels like he's good to go and he's going to be sustainable throughout another season and hopefully touch wood and a deep playoff run, then who are we to criticize? Yeah, so I, I agree with Adam for the most part, especially at the beginning. You uh, what, One thing that I did latch on to was that he's been playing basketball for almost two years straight now without a rest. And um, that can be a bit concerning. Like the knees sore, obviously knees are a sensitive injury. As fans, you see that and you're like, oh, you know, like that could be serious. It's, there's a lot of potential for it to be serious. And 
with that, he does know his own body. So I trust Tatum to make the decision if he's not feeling well, if he's, you know, feeling a little off, maybe something's wrong to step back. But I mean, if he's all right, then it's it's part of getting better too to get extra reps with like a team of superstars to find a way to still get yours. There's a lot of ways he can improve through playing with Team USA, just like he could improve training on his own. I mean, you say Team of Superstars, they're struggling. I mean, they got a nice win over Argentina, but those first two games were they were brutal. I mean, it's not exactly Celtics, but Adam, are you worried USA might not get gold this summer? Like, do you guys oh, root for USA on? in the yeah, Olympics? I've, I don't know. I don't know about everybody else in this country. I'm rooting for Team USA. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I don't care. I like when they lose. To be honest, it's just more interesting, or at least if the games are close. You know, if they're just yeah, running yeah. through everybody, it's no fun. I mean, for me, it's like, yo, these guys. Is the thing is NBA players that have never played in Europe really struggle to adapt to that FIBA, those FIBA rules and uh, the three point lines a little bit closer in so your um your shooting lines are a little bit skewed straight away you need to adapt there and there's just you know half, uh, um, European teams like to play real physical half court um, so the NBA guys have to adapt but the talent levels just the disparity between USA and everyone else like you have Bradley Beal drop out if you really wanted and everybody was interested you could just replace him with Dame Lillard or CJ McCollum or James Harden or you know just so many guys you can just kind of like it's like opening a, it's like going shopping right and just fucking you go anything you want is top you're buying Lamborghini after Lamborghini this Lamborghini breaks I'm going to get the next Lamborghini it's fine uh, so it does get monotonous watching them just destroy people. But at the same time, man, some of the dunks and some of the uh, the ways they just toy with guys is just so funny to watch. Yeah, definitely makes for entertainment. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm such I, I I think it would be more fun if they had the amateurs playing like the college kids, especially right now with the draft coming up. I think that would give you a lot. A lot more to like look for. I think I think watching the pros is boring when they're just running through everybody, even though they're not right now. So <laughs> we've got a little bit of a cliffhanger here. See if they're going to turn it around or what. Yeah, but it's crazy. Like all these dudes don't even want to play. Like Harden's not playing. He's too busy getting in trouble in France. You know. Uh, <laughs> let's see. You know, LeBron's not playing. He's making movies. Like all these guys been there, done that. They don't care. Yeah, I mean, wrapping back around to the offseason, Celtics obviously uh, have some holes to fill on the roster. Uh, you could ask, you know, maybe do they need a starting point guard? Maybe you could throw in Marcus Smart in that lineup. Sam, I know you love Marcus Smart. Uh, and that is Please our next topic. Him as a starter. <laughs> Adam, how do you feel about Marcus Smart moving forward? I know Sam and I have different at times on whether or not to trade him. I'm not necessarily fully on board, but I'm certainly more open to the idea than Sam is. Um what are your opinions on trading Marcus Smart versus keeping him and starting him at point guard? Trade him right now. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, I was man, getting, I, I was getting the the armies ready for yeah, war. I'm joking. Like for me personally, I think a lot of it comes down to having a a very open and difficult conversation with Marcus and being like, "Yo, this is where we see you. We see you in I don't know the fourteen to sixteen million dollar range." Where do you see yourself? If Marcus Smart's like, I see myself in the 20 to $22 million range, and Boston are like, hey, dude, you're not going to get that from us. And Marcus is like, well, I'm going to get it from somewhere. Why now you trade him? Because you know he's not going to re-sign. You know that you're going to lose him for free. So it just makes more sense to move on from him at that point. 
if you can talk him into signing uh, an extension, like a four-year or a two-plus-one or a three-plus-one, whatever you want it to be, uh, around between 16 to 17 million a year, then call, lock him into that extension, get that done, because he's going to mean more to you than he will to any other team. Uh, but so I really do just think it's about understanding what decision he wants to make and then making the right call from there. Like if you know he wants to earn more than what you're willing to pay, you have to move him. You can't just lose him for nothing at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And that's the the guessing game I've been trying to play with Jack all off season is that is he going to want to stay? Is he going to take a team friendly deal? Is he? I mean, he already kind of has. Um, it doesn't make any sense to keep him if he's just going to walk. But, I mean, if you're in the dark about it right now and you don't know, it is important to have that conversation. But if you're not sure, I don't think it's a good idea to trade him until you've had that talk because I don't think there's much that you're going to get back that's worth the value that you're going to give up, especially defensively, especially as uh, somewhat of a leader on the team. Sexton is the only guy that Jack has thrown around that has piqued my interest with that. Maybe Murray, if if he would be in something like that. Um, just somebody to replace him. Adam's shaking his head right now. Um, to replace him, Murray makes perfect sense, let's be honest. Um, I think as a replacement, De, DeJounte Murray makes perfect sense. Um as a piece to bring in and play alongside Marcus Smart, that is absolutely hideous. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Like... They wouldn't be on the same team. Yeah, yeah, no chance. Uh, I'm just saying this for anybody listening. Like, Murray, for Smart, fine. Murray and Smart, ugh. Um, I have my <laughs> concerns with Colin Sexton as well. Yeah. he it, it, His lack of playmaking in Cleveland is the thing that concerns me the most because at that point you're bringing in – Colin Sexton to be a third ball dominant player next to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, I'm not saying he can't pass. Maybe it's just as simple as he didn't have guys to pass to in Cleveland, which is very possible. Cavs weren't great. Couldn't shoot the ball for anything last year. So maybe he comes in uh, to Boston is a better playmaker. But um, I also like Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I don't know if that would be a smart for Brogdon, but I really like that idea. I don't know how open Indiana is to that, but I think Brogdon is certainly an upgrade over Marcus Smart, maybe not defensively. But he can shoot much more efficiently, obviously, 50-40-90 club. Um, he can play make very well. He's proven that. And he's not a bad defender, in my opinion, by any means. So I, I think he would be solid there. And then at that point, say you do get DeJounte Murray and you don't have to give up Marcus Smart because the Spurs want to rebuild a little bit, get younger. I think Marcus Smart could net you a lottery pick, potentially. I mean, you got the Pelicans at 10 uh, looking to trade number 10. Um, you got, I just said 10 twice. You, you got the Warriors at seven and 14. If they don't find a bigger deal to move that smart for 14 or maybe smart and extra pieces for seven. I'm sure that would interest them. Sam, I know you don't love it, but there's a lot of talented guys in this draft that could come. In I don't know enough that. about the draft to get excited about that, but for 14, a pick that they've had two years in a row and they really haven't done much with not big on it. Yeah. For Marcus, who who has proven value to you. It's very difficult for me to give him up in a situation unless it's like Adam said, where, you know, he's out and he doesn't want to be here anymore and he's not going to sign. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense to take pennies on the dollar for him. Yeah. I got you. And Which I mean, could if I'm not looking... be true. It could be not true at 14. I don't All know. All I'm saying is if Josh Giddy's there at 14 and you get Josh <laughs> Giddy for losing Marcus Smart, you do that. You literally do not blink. 
Yeah. <laughs> like you do not blink, you do not apologize to anybody. You drive Marcus Smart to Golden State yourself. <laughs> like you want it out, here you go. Go win a ring with Steph. We've got Josh Giddy. We're good for the rest of eternity. Yep. Like that that's the level of faith I have in Josh Giddy. I love Giddy as well. Explain Giddy to a up. common man like me who doesn't look at prospects. Especially he's, ben, he's Ben Simmons with a shot. Oh, so he so he's magic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> He's not as um, I don't think he's as defensively gifted as Simmons. He's also not yeah. as physically dominant as Simmons. But um, he's coming in as like a six-six point guard, can run the pick and roll, can initiate offense. He's a three-level scorer and has an enormous wingspan on defense. And he's raw as hell and still looks good. Sounds like a good fit on this team. You know, I think they really need somebody to be a good distributor for uh, obviously the wing scoring. I think Marcus has the potential. I think he had a good playoff, so I'm high on him. But doesn't sound like the worst thing. I think it's good. He's a point guard. Good is a guard. He plays yep. point, but he's six foot six. Yeah, it's, it's, it's oh. very attractive to me. They haven't had a big guard in a while. It'll be nice to have somebody yeah. that doesn't get picked on on defense every possession, especially in a playoff series. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, it's a big difference maker. They probably I just beat think... Miami if they have size at the guard. Uh, two year, whatever you know, on in the conference finals. I just think that you only do that regardless like you only move smart if smart wants to leave or smart wants more than what you're willing to pay him if smart shows you interest in staying and you keep him because of the value that he brings and he's a known commodity yeah i, I agree sure. with you on that when i'm looking at 7 10 or 14 I, I think giddy is the top option i don't mind franz wagner or Corey kispert either if you just want to add shooting i i think they're both solid as well i'm just naming prospects i know sam doesn't uh know either at this point but uh yeah uh, um Past that, uh, Adam, I'd like your opinion on this as a whole. I know trading into the lottery would be ideal, but trading into the first round of the draft in general, how in are you in that regard? Like, do you think there are avenues for the Celtics to do so? And if there are, do you think it's worth pursuing? Uh, I think there's avenues, and I think there's some really, really good players in this draft, especially in the lottery. But I just don't think you need more youth. I think you need to move some of the youth you already have. Like, you know, like Carson Edwards is not going to pan out. He needs to go. Grant Williams, I'm kind of a little bit higher on him because of the Aaron Miles higher. I feel like a guy that's just been working with Draymond for two years is going to come in and help revolutionize what we see from from Grant Williams. But, you know, putting too much stock in that is, uh, you know, that's wishful thinking more than it is genuine analysis. Um, So you might want to move on from Grant Williams. Robert Williams is another one. Is he going to be injured again? Can he stay healthy? How much is he going to want in free agency? If you're not happy there, bounce him too. Um, you know, and if you move some, you move some of this young dead wood off the roster. I'm not saying Rob Williams is dead wood. He's one of the more um, high ceiling guys on on the rotation. But if you move some of these younger guys out and bring vets in, and then you have the opportunity, you know, to get yourself a Josh Giddy or a Sengun or a I don't know who else would be there around about that. A Moses Moody, um, an Usman Garuba, a James Booknight, who I'm super high on. Like, um, then do that. But you don't add more youth to this roster until you've got rid of the youth that hasn't provided any value whatsoever. Except for yeah. Romeo Langford. You keep Romeo Langford at all costs. <laughs> oh, man. Now, are you in on Romeo because of the playoffs? Or were you in on him before the playoffs? Because the playoffs sold me on Romeo. No, I've been in on Romeo for about 18 months. Um, I, I think I've been Gordon like, Haywood made me in on Romeo. I've been like um, 
cautiously optimistic, but the playoffs really like sold me on him. I thought he had a good series, played solid defense, did a good job at shooting threes in the corner, and he his shot looked still like wacky, and they were going in. So if he has time to work on his shot, it'll be even better. I'm also with you on Grant. I think, and Jack likes Grant. He's a big Grant guy. I'm not out on Grant. I think Grant has showed you things in the past that are good. You make a great point about, uh, I'm sorry, what's the coach's name? But he, go ahead. Aaron Miles. Miles. Aaron Miles. He worked with Draymond. I mean, that that is probably Grant's ideal role model in the league. And you have somebody that's worked with him coming in. Ooh, man, Grant could give you something. Don't don't get Jack too excited about Grant. I'm I want to stop see talking Grant being given, be given some playmaking opportunities. You know, run some elbow sets through him. Let him start distributing out of the elbows. Um, get him running those fake DHOs. And he's all. It's not just working with Miles alongside Draymond. It's the fact that he's now going to get to learn from Horford as well on a daily basis. Another guy whose game was never predicated on athleticism who is a bit undersized for his position, that is very underrated. You know, Average Al was a big thing during his first stint in Boston. Um, Which was so, a bunch of crap. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. People just don't, you know, they're looking at like, oh, he didn't put up a million points, so he's trash. But I think that those two guys, Miles and Horford, are really going to help bring... Um, Grant Williams' game up another level, or at least back to the level it was in his rookie year, because he regressed this past season. But I think he's far from the albatross that everybody's making him out to be. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Of you course know, I you love did. Me my Grant Williams. I love me Grant Williams. I <laughs> I'm less high on Romeo Langford. Um, I would love to see him flourish. I think he's great defensively. I think he can be uh, a solid three point shooter if, if he works on his mechanics. I also think there is some trade value to be had there, but I'm not saying they should do it. I'm just saying if you're going to trade a young guy, that would be my go-to outside of Carson Edwards because I don't think Carson Edwards has significant Did you just say if you're going to trade a young guy, your go-to outside of Carson is Romeo Langford? Yeah, outside of uh, other than, you know, Pritchard and Neesmith. Yeah, I'd trade Langford, in my opinion. <laughs> I am insulted. Okay, so here's my thing with Romeo, yeah? Here's my thing with Romeo. Of every young guy on that roster, anyone, like, of all the guys still on rookie deals, in my opinion, he has the highest ceiling. But he also has the lowest floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's why I'm so big on Romeo, because we... We've only seen little stints, and he's shown an ability to elevate his defensive game to be able to hang with very, very high-level wings. Um, I want to see how how high, how close to that ceiling he can get, right? Like, and when I say he's got the highest ceiling, I, I might even be including Rob Williams there because no matter how good Rob Williams gets, Rob Williams will always be on a minute's restriction due to those chronic knee issues. Romeo Langford's injuries don't seem to be recurring. You know, he had that wrist injury, then he hurt his other foot, then he came in with his form, hurt his wrist, then hurt a different wrist. Like, they don't seem to be like, Robert Williams is a degenerative issue that is going to have to be managed permanently. So I do think Romeo's ceiling is the highest out of everyone on a rookie deal right now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I see it. I, I can see the potential there. I see the avenues for him to be great. But like you said, it's that low floor that gets me worried at times. So, oh, super um, low floor? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm interested to see how that works out. I want to circle back on my idea of trading back into the draft because I do love this draft and I do love the prospects. Um, And I think trading Tristan Thompson could net a late first round pick to the right team. Maybe that's crazy. But if you trade Tristan Thompson to the Lakers for 22, right? Lakers don't need a pick. 
Lakers want to compete. Lakers also couldn't play any of their centers in the playoffs last year. They couldn't play Drummond. They couldn't play Montrezl Harrell. Only center they could play was Marcus All. And then you're running Marcus All for what, 48 minutes a night, and that's not going to fly because Marcus All is like 93. So if you trade them Tristan Thompson, right, and you make the money work somehow, that that's the part where it gets confusing. They don't want Kuzma, but Kuzma's too valuable to take back in addition with the pick for just Tristan Thompson. But I think there's a deal to be had there uh, in trading Tristan Thompson to the Lakers to play with LeBron because they were teammates. They have that connection. Um, I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? I just want to pick in the first round because I like these prospects. <laughs> I want to know who you'd take at 22. Well, I, I've thought up some ideas. I love Sharif Cooper. I think he could be a great distributor. Um, I don't think Davion Mitchell would fall by any means, and I think he's too short. Jared Butler, though, uh, out of – Butler. Um, I, I like him. I think he'd be great. I'm looking at point guards. Uh, there's some wings I would take. I, I think a guard would probably be the route I would go um, just to fill that role, you know, but if, if there is a solid wing, I'd also be open to that. But I, I'm looking Kai at, you know, Jones would be my guy, man. Yeah, I like Kai as well. I think he'll go earlier is the only reason I didn't bring his name up. I don't know. have him going like 25th. Okay. I think uh, the thing with the draft is, man, like, some guys will fall 30 places, other guys will rise to yeah. second. It's, it's a it's huge ridiculous. swing. Yeah. Um, me, again, I'd want to see some of these young guys get moved. You don't move out a, a championship-winning veteran to yes. bring in a rookie. And you're like, hey, Jalen, Jason, we told you we were going to compete for a ring. Here's your brand-new rookie. By the way, we just got rid of Tristan Thompson. It actually had championship experience. Thank you for signing those extensions. We hope you're happy. Um, uh, that that's where that's kind of where my brain initially goes there. Whereas if you're like, hey, these rookies were trash. We've got rid of those guys and gave you this dude. Let's see how he does. Well, no one's really going to care as long as you you know what I mean. If they play well, they play well. They're giving you more than what you had. And if they were trash, well, you had to trash a rookie on the roster in that spot anyway. We, we we're exact. We, we broke even. So that's kind of why I'm against using Tristan Thompson, who holds legitimate value, by the way, yeah. to just bring in a very late first-round pick. I don't see how that goes down well within the um, the hierarchy of the locker room. Yeah. Now, do you think sure. Thompson is someone that they should keep around, or you think they should look still look to trade him, but for the right piece? Yeah, I think they should still look to trade him, but I think that you need to be looking at... Um, somebody that can come in with a proven track record of um, production in the league that's going to be giving you solid minutes off the bench. Um, you know, Anybody in put, mind? Uh, I'd love Robert Covington. That's a good one, for sure. Good fit. 3 and uh, D. I think they need 3 and D so bad, man. And it depends what Cantor does in, in Portland. It depends, like, you know, if Dame does ask out and gets moved, do they run it back with Nurkic that's got injury histories, or do they just try and blow it up? Because if they try and blow it up and Boston go to them with a Christian Thompson plus insert young player here, um, a deal like that, Portland would eat that one year of Thompson because it's an expiring at the end of the season to get that young piece and then Boston get back Covington for the year. It would be a move like that where where I'd be completely fine with them moving on from someone like Ro- um, someone like Thompson. Mm-hmm. I mean, other guys I've looked at around the league, I-, I know you brought up the idea of Ricky Rubio. I think you could get Rubio with the Tristan Thompson plus you know, a couple young pieces and a second round pick kind of trade. I would definitely be interested in something like that. I think he could play well off the bench for the Celtics. I think I, I wouldn't mind Avery Bradley. I know he's towards the back end of his career, but that's a cheap, cheap guy you can get. I don't think you'd even have to give up Thompson for that slot into a TPE. 
Um, I think realistically, if you wanted to work something out with the Lakers still, I, I don't mind Kuzma. I know people joke about it. I don't think he'd be terrible in a limited role off the bench for the Celtics. But I know I'll get laughed at by Sam at the very least. But I, I don't I think, think he needs a limited role. I think he could play quite a large role. He'd be like an yeah. eighth man. He'd give yeah. you solid minutes as an eighth man off the bench. I think the thing with Kuzma when it comes to Celtics fans, the problem with Kuzma is we had a year of Laker fans telling us <laughs> Kuzma was better. And yes. it's so clear how wrong they were now that we all just have, like, we all look at Kuzma like, yo, this dude's trash. And that's because subconsciously we're like, compared to Tatum, this dude's trash. In the grand scheme of things, he's actually a really productive role player. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Sam, what do you think of Kuzma? I know you joke about it, but. He's going to be playing in China soon, man. <laughs> that's brutal. Him and Ben Simmons that's... teaming up in China, dude. Yeah. Uh, ben Simmons. Oh man, oh, man. he's he's out at the tennis matches instead of grinding. Yeah, but he's <laughs> he's with um, who's he with now? Um, not Jenner. I know she's with Book. No, I have not. no idea who Ben Simmons is with anymore. She's super famous over here. She's super famous here. Bear with me. Oh, I did hear this. I did hear this. They're like all the same person. Like they're all like the same like cardboard cutout copies of each other. Maya Jama. No, no. Maya Jama. Maya Jama is not a a cardboard cutout of anybody. She is an English national treasure. And the fact that Ben Simmons (laughs) took her is very, very frustrating. (laughs) That's hilarious. She is astounding. What a guy, Ben Simmons. He can't, he can't hit My any God. shots on the court. He's shooting a shot. The dude the does not miss off, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. No, what a guy. What a guy. I mean, it's not Celtics related. Where does he end up this offseason? There's no shot he stays on the Sixers, right? Adam? The like, there's no Lions, way. Dude, he wants to be close to Maya Jama. I've been giving up my entire <laughs> basketball career for that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I reckon <sighs> he's the most likely to get moved for Dane. All right. Yeah, I can see that realistically. I, I think Dame's on his way out regardless. It's just a matter of what oh, the package is. That'd be nasty. That'd be They'd be really good. That, yeah, that, that'd be great. Ben, I'm sorry, uh, Dame Lillard and Joel Embiid would be probably arguably the best duo in the NBA behind LeBron and AD and obviously the Nets. I, I mean, it could compete with the best duos in the league at the very least. I feel um, like they might be the best. I mean, MB just had a monster MVP caliber season. Of course, Lillard is like a whole different beast than Simmons. Oh man, they they would and they were already at the top of the conference. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's tough. It, it's interesting. I mean, I'd love just like you said, Adam. If the Blazers had a fire sale, you know, I'd I'd pick Robert Covington out of there. I mean, if you can get CJ McCollum for some sort of deal that doesn't involve. The, the Jays and maybe Marcus Smart, you know, you try that, but How even long if that's a contract, a while, the next two, three years, CJ. Oh, CJ is a while, yeah. Now, yeah. what would you do if it was a deal like Christian Thompson, Robert Williams, and a wing, a young wing, and in return, I haven't looked at the money here, so you might have to work a bit extra, but in return, you get Robert Covington and Nurkic. I'd consider it. Uh, yeah, I think I mean, that'd create a worse logjam at the center still. That's what I was Yeah, because you'd say. be sending out two centers for one back. Oh, oh yeah, because you are yeah, trading Rob. Robert Williams. <laughs> so he's definitely yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, I'd, I'd definitely be interested in that. I mean, 
I think it gives you some necessary defense. Then at that point, are you starting Nurkic or are you starting Horford? I, I think that's the only debate, but not that that matters because the other one could just come off the bench. But Yeah, exactly. I just think that um, either way, your, um, your distribution and playmaking from the five drastically improves. And I think yeah. Rob Williams has the potential to be one of the best passing bigs in the league. But um, you, you don't make assists from the treatment room. You know, I mean, that's why I've been this issue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you have Moses Brown, too, as some sort of young center, quote-unquote, insurance. Uh, so, I mean, I'd pull the trigger on that. For I, anybody I listening, read my scouting report on Moses Brown. <laughs> are you not high on him? Are you, you know, average on him? Or are you just You'll have to read the scouting report on Moses Brown. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We'll go, we'll go like check 3, it out. 3,000 words long, dude. I put some effort into that one. <laughs> all right, all right. I got you. I got you. Hey, I'm just remembering. I know this is what Sam remembers, too. He killed the Celtics on the glass in that one game. The only so. thing I know about <laughs> that I know three sides of words, the amount of stuff on Moses Brown. But if I talk <laughs> about him here, then no one's going to read my scouting report. So, right. um, I got you. Unfortunately, yeah. that scouting report's been out for about a month now. So if you haven't read it, that's your fault. <laughs> All right. Well, go well, read it. Everyone go read face. Yeah, what, yeah. What was that? There's egg on me and Jack's face because we, we don't know. We, we're left in the dark. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. He, I like him. I think he's got a good upside. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Go go read the Moses Brown scouting report. But um, That's all we wanted trade. out of you. No, no, no detail. Oh, yeah, I just yeah, have yeah. to do the shameless plug. You know what I'm saying, dude? Of course, of course. Um, Back to your trade. I think I would pull the trigger on that immediately. Like you said, Robert Williams, I think he could be thrown around a little more than he currently is. Uh, in trades because of that injury history i think nurkic brings in you know another quality nba center he's had his own injury issues but you also have forford there uh, and obviously robert covington i think he's one of the best three and d players in the nba so he he would obviously be great off the bench because then w- what would your starting lineup be at that point smart fournier brown tatum center then you have robert covington the other center off the bench peyton pritchard aaron nismith slash romeo langford if one of them gets dealt you have the other one i i mean i think that makes for a really good bench rotation and everything um it's just a matter of which wing you give up i think we differ on that answer at this point in time no but... i still give up romeo okay okay gotcha if, if you're doing that then that means you're really being placed into win now mode and i think that nice uh, nice looks more win now ready than what romeo does at the moment gotcha so i'd still be willing to do that plus it's easier to sell someone on a super high ceiling okay yeah i got you um i mean i do i do that sam do you would you pull the trigger on that trade as well yeah, probably. I, I don't have a big problem with it. Um, Nurkic is another one that's had had injury history, though. That, that's like a little bit of a concern. But, I mean, you're getting Covington back. I think it's really important to get uh, a reliable wing off the bench. You didn't have that last year. It puts a lot more pressure on Brown Tatum to play more minutes. Not that you really shouldn't have one of them on the floor at all times, but it's always helpful to have had the extra help. What do you think about Pritchard, Adam? What do you think his ceiling is? Uh, I think that, everybody else. Uh, for me, I think Pritchard's like ultimate ceiling is a first guard off the bench on a contending team. I think that um, if he's not on a contending team, he could find starter minutes at certain teams, especially if they're like fighting for the eighth seed. Um, but for like um, you know having him as your primary ball handling guard off the bench and expecting to win in a year or two, I think we're going to feel even more comfortable with that notion than what we do now. Um, I don't think there's going to be ridiculously amounts of improvement from him just because of his age and how polished he already is. 
Um, but I think once he gets used to being in the NBA, the game starts to slow down a little bit. He, he learns the nuances of what he can get away with, how, how to deal with scouting reports and really put them into practice on the floor. Um, I think he could end up being a very valuable point guard for a contending team. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Pritchard as the first guard off the bench. I think that's kind of the expected result uh, from everything going on. I think Smart will probably be the starter, and you throw Pritchard in that backup role, and he'll play great. Um, I, I want to keep talking about Tristan Thompson trades a little bit, um, just a, a few more, because I've drawn up about a million of them uh, in my writings for Hardwood, Houdini, et cetera, et cetera. Jack's um, walls so- are just covered in Tristan Thompson for <laughs> insert name here. Anybody, it's, anybody it's like- that'll... Yeah, is that why you just come from New York, man? Was you trying to find out whether um, the Knicks <laughs> had any interest? Yeah, you caught me. I, I was scouting the Knicks. I was scouting the Nets. Anybody who had enough players uh, to give back in return, just in case, you know. That's why Jack has the backdrop <laughs> to cover up all like the trades he has on the wall. I had to hide my my sources all behind. This I wall think it's to hide all the signed Knicks jerseys that he picked up while he was in New York. <laughs> yep, you caught me. You caught me there as well. I, I'm I'm rooting for the other side. Uh, New York Boston rivalry is strong, but um, no, I, I thought of a few that have potential to come to fruition. I wrote about a Derek White trade a long time ago, on like a month ago, and it includes um, it's like Tristan Grant, Romeo slash Neesmith, whoever you want to give up, uh, and a first for Derek White, which I think the Spurs might be interested in if they get you know those young pieces uh, in the first round pick. I, I thought of Delon Wright. I think you could trade him for. Um, I, I don't think that would be a bad move either. And then some like low low end trades if you're just trying to get rid of them. Um, Sam, I know you love a Rondo trade. There's also Rodney Hood and I wouldn't uh, call it low end. <laughs> That's premium. All right, all right. Um, the Rondo trade. There's also the Rodney Hood trade in Toronto, and then the Jalen McDaniel's trade with Charlotte. Neither of those last two I think are the most flashy. But if you really want to get off the contract, I think I they'd like be- Rodney Hood as well yeah I, I think he'd be good he just had a down year last year so, so some people aren't as high in him but i think that'd be a straight up swap there i think would be great for both sides but um i'm curious to know any of your opinions on any of those trades or just you know what you're looking to get back for tristan thompson in one of these deals basketball players <laughs> all right that, that uh, is bag of I, chips <laughs> that, that's more than i would accept you know i just want a basketball player in return uh, now, jokes aside, I think that, um, like I said earlier, I want somebody that's a veteran, somebody coming in with more than six years' experience. Ideally, a wing. Ideally, somebody known for their three-point shooting and defensive ability. Ideally, named Robert Covington. If not, I will accept a Rodney Hood as a backup. Um, I don't think... like I'm, I'm cool with bringing in a point guard, but I think that I'm more likely want them to be going for if they're going for a point guard with Christian Thompson then they're probably going to need to add a couple more pieces to get a guard that can make a difference I'd more like prefer them to go for like a TJ McConnell or a Cameron Payne or somebody of that like that kind of level with the taxpayer MLA yeah I think either of those would be great I love TJ McConnell he doesn't shoot threes which is the only downside but I think he'd be the perfect guard to bring off the bench. You run Peyton Pritchard in some off-ball scenarios, and then you have him as your backup point guard running the second unit. That's perfect. The only issue for me, or not issue, but concern, is that he wants more than that taxpayer MLE because I think the Pacers might overpay him to bring him back because I I don't understand what the Pacers ever do, and overpaying TJ McConnell seems like an Indiana Pacer move. So uh, I'm curious. Trouble, man. 
they're, <laughs> they're in purgatory. Like their team isn't good enough to win. They've got a lot yeah. of money in it. They have like stars, but they're not like stars that'll win you big playoff games or even get you to the playoffs this year. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, I drew up a DeMontis Sabonis to the Celtics trade because I think that'd be amazing, but uh, I don't know exactly how realistic that is. But hey, if they do want to, you know, purge the team a little bit, Celtics jump right on that, get Sabonis as a trio, uh, let him play center. I-, I think that'd be that'd be nice and fun. Uh, him or Cat, but <laughs> those are just my dream targets. I don't think there's any chance either of those things happen. But if the Celtics could get Sabonis, man, <clears throat> that'd be deadly. It'd be absolutely deadly. Would you make a run at Sabonis if you became available, Adam? Of course. Of course. Um, I'd like Sabonis, to be quite honest with you, but I don't see why they'd do that. They've just brought in Rick Carlisle. They're, yeah, yeah. they're aiming to get better, not get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they, you know, if you've got to make a decision between, between both of your big men and you move on Miles Turner before you move on Sabonis anyway. And that's part of the reason why I don't think you'll ever see a Malcolm Brogdon for Marcus Smart deal is because Rick Carl, like we've, but we, I think everybody agrees Brogdon is the better player. Yeah. So I don't understand how that's valuable for Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd have to throw other picks or young players on top of Marcus. And I don't think they'd be interested. They bought Rick Carlisle in. They yeah. want to win. Yeah, it, it's tough. I, like Sam said, Indiana's in such a weird place. I don't know exactly what they're doing, but. I suppose we shall wait and see uh, to see what happens. But talking about free agents a little more, too, you mentioned TJ is one of the top guys with Emily. Are there any veteran minimum guys? I know we're talking, quote, unquote, bottom of the barrel at this point. But who do you want to see the Celtics bring in to replace the likes of, you know, Luke Cornett, Shami Ojale? Are there any free agent targets, veterans you got on your radar? Is it just, you know, players who have played in the NBA for a while that can come help off the bench? Is it as simple as that? Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked at bottom of the barrel names yet. I'm still going through my point guard options. Then I'm going through my... uh my wing options, um, dealing with a few things as well that I'm trying to get sorted. So I haven't actually looked at bottom of the barrel names, and I know that's disingenuous to the people that we're classing as bottom of the barrel names. Uh, <laughs> so I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I do apologize to any NBA players listening to this that may be deemed surplus to requirements on most rosters. Um, ben Simmons, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> but gen- genuinely, like... Um, yeah, like the thing is, that whoever you bring in with that vet minimum is most likely just going to be an insurance policy at this point. Um, so I'm not too worried who it is. I would like them to be semi decent. Uh, I don't subscribe to the bring Isaiah Thomas back. I don't really subscribe to the bring Rajon Rondo back. Um, no, seriously, I don't. I, I think I... <laughs> dagger through Sam's heart. Dagger through Sam's heart. <laughs> no, I understand why. Like. He's really not going to give you anything except for mentorship, really. But that's fine for a vet min. Like, if you want to bring him back in a mentor role and he accepts that he's not going to play much, then that's fine. But my concern is bringing someone like Rondo back and then kind of him wanting to play and there's a whole locker room kind of issue with his not going like, to... I'll just like, you know, avoid that. Um, I see that. So I that, see that, he could be an issue for a new head coach, too, because he's so smart. You know, yeah. He's got his own ideas. And that would be why I wouldn't want somebody like Rondo coming in. Uh, names off the bottom of the bar. Give me some names. Throw some names. I'll tell you yay or nay. Let's do a yay or nay quick fire round. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I like James Ennis. That's my top guy. I'd have to go look at some other things, but he's the top guy I've thought of. I wouldn't be upset with that. 
Um, I thought of Alex Caruso, and keep in mind this was before He's his run-in. Criminal. Run in, his run-in with the law, but I mean the Celtics already have enough of a bad rap. You don't need to bring in a criminal. <laughs> I mean, Ed Caruso is Ed Caruso, dude. This is true. This is true. Um, Paul Millsap, if you can get him for cheap enough, I think Who? Paul Millsap would be good. Paul Millsap. Oh no, he's only more than a vet now, dude. Yeah, you know that's a little bit of a pipe dream. Um, Danny Green, I think he's another guy that probably will earn a little bit more. Yeah, uh, that, that, uh, Kevin Love said he's looking for a vet minimum deal. If he gets a buyout, I wouldn't mind Kevin Love for a vet minimum. Yeah, uh, nah. <laughs> not a fan there. Um, some out-of-the-league guys, I did go into that. Justice Winslow, depending on how much he wants. I mean, I'm sure a, a team will take a chance he's on him. He's not out-of-the-league. He's on Memphis, right? I know, but he has a team option, and I don't think they'll accept a giant contract for someone who rarely plays. And at that point, how much is he going to get? So if there's someone for the Celtics to take a chance on, if he doesn't want to work, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Miami really paid him, huh? <laughs> yeah, they gave him a lot of money. Um, I, I'm trying to find some other young players that I, I – or not young players, but cheap players that I've thought of uh, as options. So excuse me while I search here. James you know Adams. what's crazy is the Celtics almost traded, like, all the picks for Winslow, but Charlotte yeah. wasn't interested. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they were – like, Tat- the Brown pick was in, Tatum pick was in, the – Eventual Sexton pick was in. I mean, jeez, they dodged a bullet there. That would have been. I mean, yeah, the way it panned out was dodged a bullet. I do think that player development. I was about to say that. Yeah, I think um, it's subjective to where. Yeah, situation. Yeah, situation makes a huge difference. But if Dad gave up Tatum and Brown for Winslow, and Winslow worked out like this, um, Danny Ainge would have been gone a while back. Yeah. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) All right, I got some players now. I'm ready for the for the hit or miss, you know, quick fire round. I was not prepared before, but um, Ish Smith, Adam. Yeah. To win you All playoff right. games for sure. <laughs> you you can't play against uh, the Celtics if he's on the team, though. So that'll be exactly interesting <laughs> exactly. position for him to be in. Um, Patty Mills might get more of the MLE, but Patty Mills has been rumored as well. Check out my YouTube video of why Boston should bring in Patty Mills. Bingo. All right. Bingo. Shameless, amazing plug there. Austin Rivers, I love, but I'd be completely down. Yep. Um, two. These are the two out of the league guys I was referencing. Emmanuel Mudiay. I know I, I joked about this on Twitter with you a while back, but I think it wouldn't be terrible. I would him in. be very, very annoyed. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, the other one was Brandon Knight. Uh, <laughs> I would also be very, Brandon very annoyed. <laughs> I've heard that name in a very uh, long time. Um, Tony Snell out of Atlanta, the most efficient shooter in NBA history this season, even though he barely shot the ball. Uh, I think I that's something right at that. Look, I think that's just out there running. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's, it's like <laughs> th- like 25, 28 minutes, no stats whatsoever. That was brutal. That that was that was not fun. But um, the last three are these are all. I wrote an article about younger players they could take a chance on, and this would be in the sort of scenario where they do trade, you know, Carson Edwards, they get rid of some of their youth they have, and they do need just a roster filler. I don't think it would be terrible to, you know, add a guy who's young. Uh, it was Wenyan Gabriel, Frank Nidalekina as a joke, half a joke, and then Harry Giles, uh, the connection with Jason Tatum there. But I'll be down I, for I, Giles. I'll be down for Nidalekina as well, to be quite honest. They love yeah. Frank. Nick's yeah, people love, love him. He's tall. He can defend. He shot the ball pretty well last season. He shot above 40% from three. And he's not Emmanuel Moutier. That is the most <laughs> important part. All right. All right. No, no, Emmanuel Moutier. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I think it stems from my my uh, 
me always playing with him in 2K15 or something. I just always built around. Yeah, he was OG then. Uh... He was crazy. <laughs> he went he went hard in old 2Ks, but uh, never panned out, unfortunately. Um, past that, the last thing I know I wanted to bring up was the Damian Lillard stuff. We talked about it earlier. Uh, obviously, reports today saying, oh, he could go. Uh, top the des- destinations are, I believe, the Warriors, the Knicks, the Heat, and then what was the last one? Sam, do you know off the top of your head? Warriors, Knicks, Heat, Lakers. Lakers. Lakers, you get the one. Where do you think Dame ends up? And do you think the Celtics have a valid package without including Jalen Brown? Uh, Not a chance. Okay, yeah. (laughs) It was worth asking. I had to ask. I had to ask. But um, other than that, where do you think Dame ends up this offseason? Philly or L.A.? Right. Lakers, L.A.? Yeah, Clippers away. Wow. I, what would they give up though? Is my thing. Like, what, what do they have to trade? Well, Jack, they would give up Kuzma and in <laughs> in Tucker, which is in 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 their first round pick. The old reliable. Yeah, it's not gonna work. Um, you need to give up. I don't know because they most of their salaries just tied into Brown and AD. Yeah, it'll yeah, be doable, but I don't know how they'd do it. Like um. Other than that, I think that uh, the Knicks have the easiest path. You know, you 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 um you re-sign Randall. You give Randall R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin plus whatever else you need to throw together. You think they'd give up Randall for Dame? Well, I think they'd want that idea would be to pair Randall and Dame together, right? But at the okay, same yeah. time, yeah, But yeah. at the same time, if you need to put Randall into that deal, you give you if you're in New York, you give. Portland, whatever it takes to bring a superstar back to Madison Square Garden. Yeah. You know, sense. I don't care if that means you only have Dame Lillard on the floor next year if you're New York. It, <laughs> like, at least you've got that superstar, right? Yeah. There you go. I think the Heat also have an okay package if you want to package it around Tyler Hero and they don't, you know, they, they don't get anything else. I mean, All these yeah. teams, man, I don't want them going to any of them. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> but if, if you've got if you're looking at the offers around the league, I take Hero. Over he can't Kuzma. go to OKC or or Sacramento <laughs> or no, he cannot. Somewhere nobody cares about. Hey Sam, all these teams I mean, I don't want to win. If we're being realistic, I think the Warriors have the best package in the entire NBA for David I'd be fine with the Warriors. Well, I think their package thing it definitely include Wiseman. I think Wiseman Wiggins to match salary, and then you throw in seven and fourteen. I mean, you build around those two lottery picks and James Wiseman for the future with this draft class. I think the Blazers would be, and that helps Boston as well because then you have less need to keep Nurkic, and yeah, you you know, so then that Nurkic and Covington package actually becomes a realistic option. Um, You do that, yeah. Let's 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 get that started right now. Let's ship it into the league (laughs) that we're moving Dame to Golden State. That'd be dangerous, oh, I'd man. Love that. That'd be, that, that be is nasty. ideal for Sam. It'd be so good too. Be Golden so, State be team, so I have no watch. problems with. They've done favors for me for years. <laughs> they kept LeBron from winning. Shout out to them. You've got Curry, who is class. He's stayed with the same organization. He deserves to win. That would be Willard's hometown. It would be a nice story. I mean, you can't go wrong. It keeps the Lakers from winning. I mean, look at all these great things we've got here. Come on. <laughs> Oh man, that that they'd be I, I, so I like good. It. Yeah, they'd be great. They'd be great. Clay, Steph, and Damian Lillard with Draymond Green, uh, and then they got what? Kevon Looney doesn't matter. They put it center at that point, right? You, you got one of the best big threes in the NBA plus Draymond Green. That's yeah. Nasty. They they always had like print to center at at <laughs> center when they were at their best. Never mattered. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, that that's all the stuff I wanted to bring up. Sam, was there anything else you wanted to you know mention before we start uh, to wrap up here? No, no, nothing really. Well, yeah. In that case, thank you so much for joining us once again, Adam. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we you know let you go here? First of all, thank you for having me back. Um, I, of course. I don't know why people like listening to me talk about basketball, but uh, <laughs> I'm always happy to do so. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'd like that. That would be nice. Very nice. Um, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, every, anywhere where the social media exists, just search at Adam Taylor NBA. I'll be there most likely telling people why their trade takes aren't very smart. Um <laughs> Again, guys, man, I appreciate you bringing me on. It's uh, it's always fun to chop it up with you two. It's great seeing you both crush it. Um, Sam, man, 18 months ago, two years ago, me and you were working on some random blog. Now you're at ABC. Um, Jack, you're all of a sudden the new world, just dropping <laughs> dropping information left, right, and center about so many teams. It's hard to keep track. Like, I'm, I'm super happy for both of you guys, man, so keep crushing that shit. Thank you. Thank you Thanks thank for you. bringing us together. This is yeah, the most fun sure. thing I do. The Patriarch sure. I mean, of Bannertown. <laughs> I mean, for those listening, <laughs> for those listening, I was running solely an Instagram page. I didn't. I never had a Twitter. Adam DMs me out of nowhere, tells me NBA Twitter's where it's at. I create a Twitter. I meet Sam, and everything sparks. So without Adam, I truly would probably still be a nursing major in college, hating everything. So I, I'm much appreciated, Adam. I uh, very grateful that just you remember me, man. When you were all famous and shit, just remember me. <laughs> Of course, of I'll course. Be out but I'm um, plugging it away, man. Waiting for somebody to offer me a job. <laughs> Someone needs to. Someone needs to. It's coming. One eventually. day. One day. I It'll believe. Happen. I um, believe too. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, go make sure to follow Adam at Adam Taylor MBA. Like he said, on every social media platform, uh, you guys can follow us at Bannertown USA. Follow me at Jacksonville MBA, and per usual, Sam, go ahead and wrap us up. Yeah, give Adam a follow. He's really one of the smartest guys we talk to. Really, he makes me feel inferior all the time, which is great. Uh, that's how I should feel. Uh, make sure you read the Moses Brown analysis. Make sure you watch the YouTube video on Patty Mills. Um, thanks again for Adam uh, to Adam for joining us. You can follow him at Adam Taylor NBA. You can follow Jack at Jack Simone NBA. You can follow Bannertown at Bannertown USA. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's our show for today. Bye. <laughs>